Hello once again, welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. And of course, the lovely, the brain, Emily Merkel. Hello, hello. I was gonna say you gotta make noise there. We are on a sh- podcast first, right? I know you're I don't playing, know when the I know, podcast I know you're became just, like. I know you're just playing mid- it up for the for the YouTubers, but and everything, but you know, like you know, the podcast people deserve love too. They get the episode first, you know. I don't know when this became like <laughs> let's make fun of Emily for an hour straight, um, but it's whatever. An hour straight, that'd be a long time. I'm just saying. Okay, guys, we have so many <laughs> different topics to go into. We're gonna hit the NFL Combine like we promised. We're hitting that right off the bat. We're talking the Kyler Murray Arizona Cardinals situation. We've obviously got another edition of the Mark Zone Mock Draft Corner. Always. We've got the LeBron and the Lakers situation and how what big dumpster fire that is becoming. And the end of all, we've got Dave Batista coming back to the WWE and. Are we really happy to see him, or is this just a money grab by Batista? Let's find out. But let's going to start off the same way we always do. We're going to talk NFL football. We're talking the NFL Combine more specifically. Um, I don't know how about you guys, but just right off the bat, I love the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. I, I sat down and I watched all three days of it, all on-field drills. I love pretty much everything about it for the most part. So I, I can I'm really I'm really about the combine. I think it's a great I think it's a great tool to see guys that maybe that aren't talked about in the first round and see mm-hmm. ooh that could be I'm hoping that guy's there in the second round. Hoping that guy's there later on. Um, and and to kind of get you know some insider knowledge you know what the scouts see you know Daniel Jeremiah now taking over from Mike Mayock on the NFL Network has a lot of great analysis as far as you know what he was looking at as a scout for so long what he sees. It's just a great it's just a great event um, yeah. for the fans who truly love the. Sport. Sport. So I'm gonna ask you, Mike. First off, do you do you enjoy the combine as much as I do? Um, does it help you at all get any picture of who you think the Lions may go after in later rounds? Thinking, you know, based off of what you think they'll do in free agency, like we talked about, you know, last week. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy the combine, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I'm more of like the film kind of guy. Like yeah. I'll watch film on people because you're not playing against anybody. Correct. You got your skill Correct. sets. Like say, for an instance, you're watching the quarterbacks throwing receivers. Mm-hmm. But the quarterbacks aren't thrown against, you know, there's no defensive backs out there. Right. You know, they're not to your normal receivers. Right. So everything's kind of like slanted a little bit almost. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like skewed a little bit. Yeah. Especially for them specifically. Yeah. So in that sense, I don't really like it. I'd rather watch them as their quarterback as they were in college playing yeah. against tougher teams and seeing mm-hmm. how they produce there. Yeah. But at the same time, it is nice to see guys, you know, even guys locally like Sean Bunting, mm-hmm. who went to Chippewa Valley, that's a right. couple miles from here, and he went to CMU, so he didn't see that t- competition to right. see him how he Absolutely. how he develops and how he could be a pro player. Right, would be it's kind of fun to and, watch. And that's and that's yeah. the beauty of the combine, right? Is that you see these guys that are like that come out and you're like, oh my gosh, like they went to North Dakota State penitentiary you know, yeah, you know what i mean like they played at a jail they went to prison. yeah exactly you know but the point being is that they there's guys that you see and you're just like who the heck are these guys you know like mm-hmm. eastern michigan and and other schools that are even below that i know there's been guys that you know Albion and those kind of places you mm-hmm. see like one or two guys scattered in there so it's very fun and we were watching it uh over the past weekend and you actually said that you actually really enjoy watching the combine give me just give me a reason why you like it is it just because they're moving really fast and you don't realize how big these guys are out of pads <laughs> um well given that we sometimes see detroit lions players in person randomly walking around i've yes. now realized that these are very large human beings oh ah, yeah Welcome and so yeah. that's like, well when i sit in the stands they look kind of short because they're on the ground and i'm up in the stands you know what i'm saying right but um, i just think it's really like i think it's just fun mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean to be able just to like watch it it's kind of like the olympics in a way where it is. You know really. what I mean? Yeah. Like, people are just running around. I think that next year, and I don't know if Rob agrees with me, I think we should do a segment when the I'm Always Right podcast staff tries to run some of the uh, some of the combine, <laughs> some of the combine exercises, <laughs> and we'll film it, put it on YouTube. It would be hilarious. Because you know they always joke in the Olympics, right? They're like, yeah. we wish you could well, see a normal person I think doing next this. Year, I think next year, yes. I think we should run 40-yard dashes and donate to the Run Rich Run charity for St. Jude, like Rich Eisen does every year. I think that'd be an awesome thing. So that's a great that's a great topic. That I wasn't trying to be that wholesome. Into. I was just trying to be fun. But, but good no, job, but, Rob. But no, that's, that's truly what it is, and that's something that, they, that the NFL does and that Rich Eisen does, which is a great cause. Um... I don't know necessarily if it helps the casual fan as far as who they think they're going to take in the draft if you're the Lions perspective, right? Mm -hmm. What I do think it does, though... Is a lot of times in the combine a lot of you know the top the top forty names right mm-hmm. that it's it's su- there's such a hyper focus on those guys the Rashawn Garys the Quinn and Williams these guys mm-hmm. who are all kind of go in there and say okay are they as 
athletically gifted as we think they are, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of fans, that's what they watch the combine for is, okay, everybody says that these three guys are possibilities for the Lions. Yeah. So I'm going to really focus on these three guys and say, yeah, I didn't like that. Like, for instance, uh, Clean and Farrell from uh, Clemson, right, yeah. did not did not test very well at the combine. You know what I mean? And then as we'll go into later, all the mock drafts now, he was at number eight going to Detroit or even higher in some drafts, and now he's in the bottom half of the first round Mm -hmm. just based off of the combine, right? You see guys like Montez Sweat. You see Devin White. You see Brian Burns from Boston College. All these guys that have kind of shot up, right? Which leads into my next topic is any any who are the big winners in this combine, right? Because there was a lot of guys that came out of this looking a lot better yeah. From the tape, you don't really know what you have necessarily. You look at their size and you go, I don't know. You know, they were somewhat productive. Yeah. You know, because these are the best athletes in college that get invited to the combine every year. But when you look at it and you go, okay, these are the kind of guys that grade out of their mind, right? Mm-hmm. Give me M. Give me somebody that you noticed watching that was a big winner in your opinion. They did something that just made you notice them and were like, wow, like that guy is an athletic freak. Or you know, and also give me somebody who maybe was a disappointment, right? Somebody that maybe, you you know, that you've heard me and Mike talk about as far as maybe a possible target for the Lions to go get. Somebody that you think, yeah, you completely just big swing and a miss. Um, I think that probably biggest winner off the top mm-hmm. of my head, a little tie between two. I just think Montez Sweat, his 40 time was just like super impressive. Right. Four, especially four. When, yeah. when you think of like how big of a guy he is. Because yes. I, spe- I think I watched the defensive. Yeah, the defensive line. The defensive yep. line most the in depth. I think we sat there for the longest time. So mm-hmm. that was just really impressive. I also think Paris Campbell, because um, mm-hmm. like a lot of the other guys who were impressive, I feel like I'd heard their names mm-hmm. a lot more. Paris mm-hmm. Campbell was one that like, I mean, I'm pretty casual, yeah. but I didn't hear his name quite right. as much. Yeah, he, you know what I mean? So, you know, and then he caught did, really well, right. did a good job. You know? For those who don't know who that is, right, he's, he's a wide receiver from Ohio State. I think all three wide receivers from Ohio State had a pretty nice day at mm-hmm. the Combine. I thought they, I think two out of the three ran sub 4-4. One, I think, was a 4-4-1. So, yeah. I mean, they were all right there. Just goes to show you how fast they were. I mean, you can really <laughs> tell those crossing routes against Michigan. If you couldn't tell, you can tell now. Um, Mike, uh, give me um, somebody who you were really impressed with at the combine. Anybody in particular that you were like, "Wow, that that guy really stood out to me," or mm-hmm. you know, or somebody that was just like, "Wow, that was really bad." Well, I mean, <laughs> the biggest name I think coming out of the combine was DK Metcalf. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just everything from how big he is to mm-hmm. how fast he is. Yes, and everything in between. I yeah, six three, two hundred twenty six pounds, one, ran a four three, one or four three forty, and is got one point seven. Six, yeah, six or seven percent body fat. So yeah, that's a grown ass man, folks, as well. Yeah. And he jumped like 45 inches or something. So like yes, he's exactly. he's literally an all-around type mm-hmm. player. Genetic mm-hmm. freak. Yeah, genetic freak is what we'll call him here. Right. And um, someone else, I think Noah Fant. Yes. That, or yep. Font or Fant? I'm not sure. What? Sure, Fant. We'll go, Fant, we'll Fant. Do Fant. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like exactly. that. I'm sure there's yeah, so many signs. Yeah, I think he actually that. probably rose up, especially because when you compare him to Hawkinson, yes. I think Fant did a little, I wouldn't even say that much better, but I think he, he played... Yeah. better at the I, I, than I totally agree people with you. expected. Absolutely. I, I was I, I know Hawk, Hawkinson looked good, yeah. but Fant to me looked more like a prototypical tight end now, mm-hmm. right? Where I wasn't you know, Hawkinson ran like a four seven. Fan, I think, ran a four four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think blocking wise, the blocking and the positional drills, I didn't see that much difference between Hawkinson and Fant. Obviously, the tape shows a different story, but Fant is definitely a receiving tight end, right? Yes. That's what he is, right? He's got that kind of speed. He has natural hands, right? That's something that they were looking forward to in the draft. I agree with you on fan. And give me a big disappointment. Somebody who you, you know, because like you said, we did watch a lot of defensive linemen. We watched a lot of the defensive side of the ball just as Lions fans. Anybody that you saw that was kind of a bummer to you? I don't know. Um, once, hold on. So, again, that's not my expertise. I think yeah. Rashawn Gary, right? Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. when they were doing all that throwing around stuff, I don't mm-hmm. think he caught the ball once. <laughs> like and I know everyone makes a big deal about him, but that was just the one thing because everyone's like, ah, oh, because you don't want him to go to Lions. No. And everyone keeps no. thinking he's gonna go to Lions or something. No, I don't know. No. That was a conversation that gross. you were stressed out that yes. would happen on Mike's mock, mock draft. Yeah, but I just remember being like, there's this big old guy from Michigan. That everyone well, keeps talking about. And he can't catch the dang ball. I mean, I know right. it's not his full time job, but like. Right. I'm like, well, catch the ball. Here's the thing. So I don't think that right. was overarching. which just as a Michigan person, it's like the mm-hmm. thing I noticed. Right, of Chase, course. Chase, Chase Winovich? Yeah, yeah he I, he caught the ball more. He did a better job. <laughs> <laughs> right, obviously the defensive lineman, right? So a lot of those drills are for, you know, some of those are for linebackers and stuff. But if you are a guy like Rashawn Gary, who you're supposed to be this athletic freak, I agree with you that the, some of the athleticism, I think, was missing a little bit from him. Once again, as Mike alluded to, Rashawn Gary's tape, to me, 
does not scream first round talent. I, yeah. I don't. He did not for me when he was not in the game. I did not notice that he was gone as much as I would notice somebody else. Like I noticed when Devin Bush was not on the field for Michigan's defense. Yeah, I didn't notice necessarily. Rashawn Gary wasn't there. I think they had enough depth at defensive mm-hmm. line this year. Um, give, give me a guy, Mike, who you thought was just kind of was just kind of meh at the draft, who kind of missed their mark to okay. really show off. And this one's gonna be weird to mm-hmm. say. Yeah. I don't think Greedy Williams had a great comment. I think at the all. Whole, yeah, I, you know what? I'm not. I'm not against that. I'm and I think like all. he was fast, yeah. which is nice. But at the same time, doing all the cover stuff, he didn't look very good. Look stiff, right? Yep. yep. And I'm not no a big fluidity. Fan. And as a whole, I'm not a big fan of drafting corners mm-hmm. at all, especially and the first round. Especially first round. Well, if you're going like late rounds, maybe to develop or something, yeah. fine. But like first round pick, looking at someone like Greedy Williams, I'd be very nervous now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. one, he's not the best defender. He was just known for speed. Right. And now you see in the combine, yeah, he's not. He as can't turn his yeah. hips. Yeah. He can't do mm-hmm. all this stuff you're, as in depth stuff. Absolutely. And so just being fast, as you see by the people that we previously had, like Nevin Lawson, who's yeah. quite quick yeah. on his feet. Yep. He's not a good defender. Right, exactly. And that's what you need. Preach, brother. Preach. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the whole cornerback class as a whole, I think Deion Sanders even mentioned on the on the show, he was like, I'm not impressed at all with these guys. I didn't think I didn't see anything um to really stood out to me as a guy where I'm like, Oh, I gotta take him at eight, right? And, and no. taking a corner in the first round, I'm okay. Second, third round, fine, right? Because there you may be getting some value, right? Because maybe he's the best player available. But to your point, first-round cornerbacks, there's such a steep learning curve. Corner and quarterback are the two probably the, the the hardest two positions to come right into the league and start and play and be effective, right? It's it's extremely difficult. So my winner for the t- – I'm actually going to go back-to-back tight ends here, actually, on my winner and loser. My winner was probably is going to be Irv Smith. Junior from Alabama, the tight end. I've seen a lot of people say that he was a loser, but I could not disagree more. I thought he ran well. I thought he had a solid forty time. I thought he caught the ball effectively, especially in the gauntlet drill. I thought he. I the biggest thing, and that's my favorite drill, is the gauntlet when it comes to oh, receivers yeah. and tight ends, because the ability to run in a straight line, not weave in and out, right, and keep and get your hands up and make it and make a not a body catch, right. I want you to go out, grab the football, right, and be looking and running upfield and run it in sprinting, not jogging. Hawkins jog that entire thing yeah. you can tell me he didn't but he did either that or he's slow so you pick your poison um i thought irv smith really did a nice job of securing his probably he's the number three tight end in this draft and somebody where if especially if the lions don't go eight mm-hmm. a tight end there or trade down and take hawkinson or fan i think he was definitely available in the second round where i maybe not as upset about them taking a guy like that he was athletic he caught the ball well a guy here that i thought did not perform well, and somebody that I thought looked really stiff, and I put a lot of emphasis on the tight end position, and if you follow us on Twitter, you'd realize that I was live-tweeting a lot of that. Um, the tight end position, because the Lions are fo- it's such a premium for the Lions right now, I thought Zach Gentry proved e- to show everybody that he should have stayed in school for another year. I thought he didn't catch the ball well. He ran a slow 40 time. I think he was at a 4.8, 4.9, something like that. It wasn't crisp. The, the height, he's so tall. It really worked against him in, in there. It, it, he didn't look crisp. His in routes were shaky at best. He didn't look like he could create separation. Like I said, he didn't catch the ball well. You know, he's not been known as a good blocker by any means, you know. So I think a guy like that where he's a fringe draftable player, mm-hmm. right, fifth, sixth, seventh round, really hurt his stock. So he really needs to have a good pro day because right now I don't I don't see him getting drafted right now, honestly. He, he's big, but as we saw as Michigan fans – I don't say, I don't look at Zach and go oh yeah red zone target yeah he's big but it's not you know what I mean that's just my opinion um last question though on the combine before we move to the Kyler Murray stuff um Kyler Murray right didn't throw didn't mm-hmm. participate but he was there if you go to the combine should you participate in the drills if as long as you're not hurt right if you're healthy you get invited you're gonna go do you think you should go because it, it annoys the hell out of me mm-hmm. when a guy like that. Go, when you don't go out and compete, right? Because yeah. to my mind, if you're supposed to be the... I hated it when Stafford didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I hated it when, you know, name a guy. I didn't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those things for me. It's like, go out and throw and do it and, and compete against the guy and prove to me and show the rest of the world, yeah, I'm the number one pick. Bosa was out there. Josh Allen was out there. Haskins was out there. What, what makes yeah. you so special? Well, I mean, at the same time, I think... You don't. I, I wouldn't say you have to do it. Yeah. I'm more of. I'm more of a pro day kind of person. Like yeah. I, if I was in it, right. and I was a top guy. I just go to my pro day. 
if you're going to the right. combine though, yeah. it's different. Maybe you do have to. Yeah. Um, I'm more yeah. As I say, I'm a pro day guy though, so I I would never even attempt right. to go to the combine. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost it sets up top tier guys to fail because if you're the number one that. pick, mm-hmm. you know, if you're Kyler Murray and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be the number one pick, and then you're throwing and you're throwing very inaccurately to receivers you've never thrown to before and mm-hmm. stuff. It could just lower your draft stock at Absolutely. that point. You're it's great. almost like in college uh, football we talked about, I think, on their second show, yeah. where we're talking about uh, should you go to the bowl games. Right. If you're, not, just, if you're not playing for a championship, yeah. there's no reason for you to play. Yeah, you just, Absolutely. Yeah, you just leave because at that point, if you get hurt or you mm-hmm. throw six interceptions, you just lower your draft stock in a big game like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyler Murray's sitting there and he's missing receivers left and right and stuff, and you don't know if he would or not, but you should just go to your pro day instead, right. do everything there, and you have I, receivers that you right. trust. I, to I, just, to. I just look at it as that's a spot for somebody else to, that could have had that, right? And yeah. to be able to be like, hey, you know, like, hey, I, you know, that fringe guy mm-hmm. that may not go to a big school like Oklahoma who had decent to solid numbers, right, could be a decent prospect yeah. in later rounds, I think should have the opportunity to throw and show off his skills mm-hmm. rather than the other way around. All right, I let's move that. Let's move now from, I want to kind of continue this Kyler Murray talk here, though. There's a lot of rumors about him going to the Arizona Cardinals at number one, which means that they're basically abandoning the Josh Rosen experiment just one year in, really putting all your eggs in the Cliff Kingsbury offensive basket, which Texas Tech fans will show you wasn't very fruitful. But give me, and I'll start with you, smart move to take Kyler at number one. You've already just, you just, you traded up to get Josh Rosen last year. Should you take Kyler too and just say, you know what, we're going to trade Josh for whatever we can get? I don't know. Feel like he might be a little overrated. <laughs> um, I love it. I love when I mean, like, hot takes. <laughs> I don't know because there's always this random guy who like comes out of nowhere every like draft season who like suddenly everyone decides that they're really on like the Kyler Murray bandwagon. Or to be fair though, he did win the Heisman. No, he won the Heisman, Which but we had a discussion about that. What episode was that? Episode a couple episodes yeah, ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, well. you know, we're doing so know. many of these now they lose count. I mean, like it's not working out for them with what they have. Yeah. Currently, like the. Right. The Mr. Rosen thing isn't really working, so yeah. But I, I mean, mean, maybe go for it if you need a quarterback. Year. I mean, I think he's probably like the hottest quarterback, yeah, in the in the mm-hmm. draft right now. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like, but if I mean, if they want him, if you don't take him, someone else is gonna take him in the first round. Well, yeah, he's I, I, he'll be a top ten pick more than yes. likely, right? That's that's just it. Mike, same question to you, right? Do you, do you think that they should take him, or do you, or you know, I mean, or do you think they should stick it out with Rosen? Because Rosen didn't have anybody last year. No. Kirk got hurt. Fitzgerald's ninety five years old. David Johnson sucks. <laughs> ninety five years old. That's you know what I mean? And your your offensive line was is, banged up, it? and you don't have a tight end. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not like yeah. he was set up. And Byron Leftwich was calling plays. Okay. Talk about not yeah, setting listen, up for so success. This is, uh, I mean, you could almost throw <laughs> this in the exact same situation that Stafford was walking into. Mm-hmm. And this is almost what could have happened where you go, okay, so Stafford's first season, he was 4-12. and 12, yep. And then, oh, but there's this guy, so we're just going to ditch the Stafford train on the first year. Why? Right. And especially when you're Arizona, you're the number one pick for a reason. Right. I mean, your whole team's bad. Yeah, the quarterback problem is not your only problem. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think you need to fill out the team first. As you said... You don't have any receivers beside Larry Fitzgerald. You don't have a tight end. You have no offensive line. You can't. You don't have anyone that can run the ball, and your defense can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's your point of disaster. Mm-hmm. Other than man, just right quarterback. Right, you just blame the quarterback. At that point, you're at number one. You should be taking best player available, which is Bosa. Take Bosa, yeah. stack him up with Chandler Jones, and then live to fight another day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with you, that you, pass yeah. rush, you you'll get to the quarterback in three seconds. You'll probably get a lot more turnovers. Yep. With, uh, your turnover rate will rise just Absolutely. with them two yep. as impact players, and then that's when you can give Rosen, who's not even a bad quarterback, like from what yeah. I've every, seen. Every scout has said in this draft, right? He'd probably be the number two, maybe behind Kyler or right up, get yeah. rivaling Kyler as the number one quarterback. In exactly. This draft and times. when you look at it like that, I mean, you're so you're going to just give away the like a top tier quarterback at that point, right. For Kyler Murray, right. I just don't understand the logic behind yeah, it. I guess I agree. I'm, listen, I'm in, I'm in total agreement with you. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, don't I, don't, I think Arizona right now. I think Steve Kime, their general manager, feels like pressure's on, right? Yeah. Because he's been in the job so long. They had success with Carson Palmer, but the similar to John Elway, had been able to figure out the quarterback situation, right? You take Josh Rosen, hoping he's going to be guy. Does not have a great rookie year, but yeah. nobody on that team had a great year, right? You fired yeah. your coach after one season after Bruce Arians retired. He knew this place was going to be a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. so. Rather than abandoning ship, 
Yes. Because he doesn't just all of a sudden suck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's either he's gonna be he's either gonna be the guy or he's not. But there's no way for you to tell. Yes. If this isn't a seventh round guy you started and said, Wow, he played not bad for being a seventh round pick. Exactly. You traded up to get him last year. And let's tie this into the Lions yeah. a little bit because you could look at the Lions and I think this is what we're gonna go into. Yeah, so I'm just absolutely. Gonna bring it up yeah, right go now. ahead for yeah, absolutely. So you have like say Stafford here. So let's just ask, what do you think the Lions' biggest needs are? Top three needs. Uh tight end. Corner and defensive end. Defense end. Yeah. Okay, so you're not in that order. Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. sitting at number eight, yeah. and you need those three needs. And say Kyler's on the board. Mm-hmm. Would you, Would you take Kyler? No. 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 Because you have your roster's not complete yet. Right. Now, now let's in a theory where you get Trey Flowers, mm-hmm. you get Landon Collins, mm-hmm. you get a decent good second corner right and darby get, or something like that and yeah. then you get some like Dwayne out you get some corner yeah. or a tight end that's decent enough at that point with a more would you consider taking kyler yeah but uh if you're the lions the, just speaking sp- strictly for the lions themselves yeah at that point you have the hottest pick in the draft because you know someone's trying to go get him, exactly right but so you, you know can probably I mean? trade down exactly but, but if he's like, the best player on your board and you think right like say this is st- if this was next year i'd be more inclined to do it because if next year they go six and ten there's a problem at yes. this point so they go six and ten next year they're in fourth place and stafford has another year like he has now now you have to start thinking about contingency yeah. plans and and that's definitely fresh in my mind but now as i sit yeah. here right now no, no. i'm not the taking four free and everything right. it just doesn't make sense to me as exactly. a team and an organization when mm-hmm. you have so many needs that you're like, oh, quarterback's a problem. When Josh Rosen, right. to me, at least, first season is not the problem with the team because he actually put good. Yeah, I, would, I, I, I think I think like, that I think he was Mike McCoy's offense has clearly been proven it doesn't work. Right, yeah. been fired from three offensive coordinator jobs. Byron Leftwich is going to flounder in Tampa. I don't care what anybody says; it's just going to happen. So, to to abandon ship, right? And it's the, here's the thing though. If it was the Stafford era, you almost couldn't do this because of the, all the all the guaranteed money you're paying a guy, right? Mm-hmm. So you're forcing a team to kind of stay on this bandwagon. Whereas now, you trade Josh Rosen, you've paid him $10 million guaranteed anyway. That's already on your books, whatever. But now, okay, now I can trade this guy, and another team's going to say, great, I'll take Like it's This would be yeah. a New England move. All right, we'll trade you our second-round pick for Josh Rosen, and he turns into the next franchise guy. Exactly. It's such a New England move. I, I, th- I actually, you know I mean? if I was New England, I wouldn't even put it past them at this right. point. Right, absolutely. You can trade a second- or third-round pick, and right. you get your quarterback for the next 10 years. Right, and I know a lot of people are making it, and I'm glad you brought up the Lions, because the Lions did do a formal interview with both Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray, right? And I know people are going to make a big deal about that and say, oh my gosh, they're, they're going to take quarterback number eight, because no. as Bob Quinn said in his end-of-the-year press conference, we're not going to rule any one position out. So that also means they probably talked to some kickers and some long snappers. So we're probably going to take a quarterback, a kicker, a punter, a long snapper in our first four rounds. Yeah. That's the logic we're going to use. But point being, I've already, everyone kind of knows my opinion. I'm not taking Kyler Murray. I'm trading down. I'm yeah. doing whatever I need to do to take somebody else. Mike, are you taking Kyler Murray at number eight um, if he's there? Only if what I said, like, if you get a more – if free agency allows for... exactly him, according to plan. Not, yeah, well, not even, like, yeah. I mean, if you don't get, like, Trey Flowers land. Right. If you get, like, some decent... Yeah. We had a tweet from... We were just talking about right yeah. before the show. Yeah. With, like, a dream scenario. It was, like, seven guys you could realistically get for $35 million mm-hmm. in the cap space we had. Yep. And it included, like, Landon Collins and... and Kareem, Jackson, Kareem Jackson. And then Max Williams. Some, some pieces, some right? Some pieces. If you got all those pieces that you said, I would have no problem taking Kyler mm-hmm. to sit behind Stafford for a year. Or even, you know, if Stafford does play like he did last year, right. just... Do Let's your say thing. screw it. Yeah, Do your exactly. thing. And you can even tr- – it's an experiment at that point then because yeah. you have more pieces around the team. Mm-hmm. But if if we're just going like tomorrow's the draft, yeah. I'm not taking Kyler Murray. Right. Um, and it's the same question. Are you taking Kyler Murray at number eight? No. <laughs> okay, no. clearly. Okay. Why are you not Why are you not taking him? Is it just because you don't think they need a quarterback? Do you think that – because I'm, I'm still on that train, and I'm always going to be on that train until, until yeah. something happens, right, where Stafford is the guy for me, yeah. right? So I, I think that they can win. But to Mike's point – if this was a year from now, yeah. and and we're sitting here and having the exact same conversation, we're picking top ten again yeah. without some sort of trade happening. I'm a diehard and Stafford I also, I also guy. I have a dream scenario Ugh. that I want for myself to happen in like a year or two. So 
we've talked about it, I think yeah. before. We'll talk about that. But that's as, probably as a different time. time but we'll do a, we'll do a preview of the twenty twenty draft and we'll we'll talk. Yeah, we'll because talk you, I think you know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I but. know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. But cool. uh, back to Abno. So did, I mean, why don't you want Kyler? Is it just because is it just because he interviewed poorly at the combine? Is it because you just you're you're a Stafford fan because I've ruined you? What what is the what is the the rationale there? Okay, I'm gonna scoop this uh, table for a second. Why? I'm not very loyal to anyone. Right. So Matt Stafford can stay or go. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, I know. That's why I'm moving. I get why she's moving I'm moving away from the table. But I mean, I think he's a good quarterback, and I think, especially with Lions fans, he Mm -hmm. gets a lot of flack because it's Mm -hmm. like, the quarterback is the only reason. Quarterback, relief pitcher, goalie, and point guard. Those are the four spots that you don't want to be in Detroit for. <laughs> no, well, then it's like, it's your fault that we lost the game. Right. So, but I also yeah. think that's weird messaging, too. Like, if we're like, no, we're, like, Stafford's getting another year. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're pushing this as our guy right now. Then you, like, go draft, like, the hottest quarterback in the draft. Mm-hmm. That's, like, really odd messaging, one, mm-hmm. like, as a team. And, two, I just don't think you need it right now. Next year, if we're in, the same, in a bad spot. But for all the other things that you need, right. yes, that's Absolutely. not your big one. And, I don't know, I'm wondering if the guy's got a little bit of an ego on him. Yeah, I, I think... I think it, people are. I don't really know. We got a lot of divas in the NFL. I think people are really infatuated with the so. Baker Mayfield situation in Cleveland, so I think they're really hoping that that translates and that's going to be the new wave, right? Yeah. When well, it very well could, you know how right? Bad but, yeah, but the, but they <laughs> won. Anything's yeah, better than what they were. They're better than us last year. So right. They won, they won more games last year than they did in like the previous four. But we're not going to talk about it. All right, that's going to be it for part one of this episode. Part two coming up. We got the Merc Zone mock draft. We got LeBron and the Lakers, and we're talking a little WWE action. So stay right there, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Decker. Just reminding you that if you want to be a sponsor of a new episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, feel free to give us a like, shoot us a comment, or shoot us an email at iarbroadcastmedia at gmail.com. We'd love to have you as a sponsor. We'd love to promote your product, whether it's a clothing line, whether it's a service you have, whether it's your business, whether it's a product that you have that you're just growing just like us here in the local state of Michigan. We'd love to support you, and we hope you support us. Now here's part two of this week's episode. All right, welcome back to part two of episode 15. We're halfway to 30, guys. Okay, so let's jump right in now. I know it's a lot of NFL. Dude, don't remind me. That's (laughs) such a bummer. Um, (laughs) It totally totally threw me off my game there. Okay, Merc Zone Mock Draft. We're doing it every week until the draft. If you don't like it, I don't care. We're doing it anyway. But... So let's go right into it. <laughs> Mike is going to give us a three-round mock. He's going to give us the first five picks as well as the Lions picks and then going to go down through the first round, tell us any of our division opponents that he sees and anything interesting. And then obviously the second and third rounds. And all at the same time, I'm going to try to not have a heart attack and I'm just going to sit here and think that I'm ridiculous. So that's kind of how our life works here on the IAR. That's not I, any different than like any usual time. I know. Or life. any other show, any other time. It's just how we, it's just how we operate. All right, Mike, let's go first. Let's give me give me the first overall. It's a big shocker, I know, I'm sure. It's gonna be Rashawn Gary, right? It's me, uh, actually. God, no, you're, you're right. <laughs> no, I'd fall right. out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're picking number one, Arizona's picking Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, gross. It's so gross. We just talked to Nazim about that. I can't wait for it to actually be the pick so we can talk about it some more and I can laugh at the Cardinals. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. That's all we've been talking about. All right, give all me right. number two. Nick, number two, San Francisco is picking Nick Bosa, Edge, Rusher. They're so thrilled. They're so thrilled about this Kyler Murray stuff because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we got the best player in the draft. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Solomon Thomas. You've got DeForest Buckner. you, you got Richard Sherman on the back. That's just, that's just stupid. So here's... So irritating. So number three... Yeah. Uh, the Jets, right? No, the Giants are trade up. trade up with the oh, Jets all right. to go get Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. Wow, really? So they're thinking that they need to move up to beat maybe Jacksonville or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Yeah, because um, I know they're technically Jacksonville's behind them, right, in, yeah. the, in the order, but thinking Jacksonville could probably trade up. I know Washington just traded for Case Keenum, but that's not a long-term solution, yeah. clearly. So, well, I think Or even the, Miami. I was going to say, even the rumors, though, that like mm-hmm. the Raiders don't really love Derek, uh, Carr. Derek Carr. Right, there's a lot there, of I think the, If the Giants really love Haskins, I think that could be a the, move. That wouldn't shock me. We saw you know, we saw the Bears move one spot just to get mm-hmm. Trubisky. You know what I mean? And everybody was really confused. So yeah. that's interesting. Doesn't shock me. The, the pick and the team, though as far as guy a player to team that doesn't you know that's been mocked now, all here's, day this is funny because number four the Raiders pick Drew Locke 
quarterback. Really? Wow. Yeah. So three quarterbacks in the top four. four. Jeez. And that's funny because they probably were like, all right, if Haskins is there, we're going to take him. And then right when that trade happens, yeah. Haskins, and then he's and like, like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Right, that seems. You know, that's the thing, though. That's a, that's a weird move for me because I think at that point, you know, the Raiders, I mean, I guess because you have multiple first-round picks, you know, I, I think if that happens and they take a quarterback at four, right, especially Drew Locke, which I think you could probably get a little bit lower, I feel like that means they traded for Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. almost. It means, like, they gave away one of those picks, the one of the other first-round picks, and we're like, okay, we have a receiver, a number one guy, right? You know, we'll figure out the running back situation, and we're just going to chuck the ball deep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's that's very interesting. That, that shocks me. So now me. at number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are t- picking Devin White. What? Linebacker LSU. What is happening right now? This is the craziest draft ever. Yeah. Because, okay, so you're going to tell me that Josh Allen is still on the board at six. Yes. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Oh, Because boy. if you're the Lions at eight, now, yes, I'll, I'll I'm tell trading you right up. now. I'm trading up right Josh now. Josh Allen goes six to the Jets. No, nope, I'm trading up right now. I'm trying. I'm calling the Jets, and I'm being like, I will swap there, and we'll go somewhere, and we'll take our third round, whatever. I'm yeah. trading up, and I'm going to get Josh Allen. He's the second best player in the draft. Going six. Going number six, right, because teams fell in love with quarterbacks, which, fine, which is another reason why, Lions fans, you should be thankful that Matt Stafford's on your team. So you don't have to do this crap every year. But the point being is that you can now then go and go get a guy like that who can play the outside linebacker and put your hand in the ground like that. That is the move that if the Lions are going to be bold about it, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to have. But, but okay, but the Jets, but right now, so the Jets, the take, Jets take him and ruin my life. Got so, it. Sounds good. Seven, good pick for them, though. Hell uh, pick. Jacksonville takes Quinn and Williams, defense attack on Alabama. See, that kind of shocks me. He's best player available, right? But they took Taven Bryan last year. They still have Marcel Darius. They've got Malik Jackson. They've got Kalias Campbell. How many? You can only put so many D linemen out there, right? So I feel like that spot, I'd almost rather. Go off offense, maybe offensive line, or even skill position. Like DJ Metcalf at that DK, right? DJ DK Metcalf at that spot where you get Nick Foles and you mm-hmm. did, you missed out on your quarterback yes. for the future. That I don't know. That's that's a little interesting. So okay, now, so we're eight, right? We, we don't trade eight. down. Nope. So we're sticking at eight. What do you think we go? Let's okay. just throw it out there. Where All right. So it's week. so Devin White's gone. Thank yes. the Lord. Right. So Hawkinson's still on the board. Yes. Um, Sweat's on the board. Yes. Um, fans on the board. Yes, Emily, you are also on the board. Yes. Um, I picked you though, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Farrell's still on the board. Brian Burns is still on the board. I'm gonna go Brian Burns, Boston College, just because the the New England thing. He's an undersized guy, but he he had a great combine. He's an athletic freak. I feel like that somebody Patricia just go. I can I can make the guy start. Okay. This draft has lines picking Montez Sweat. I should have. Yeah, that was my this original gut said. thing. Here's the thing about Sweat. In the future, yes, I think that you can do exactly what you're going to want to do. I think he could turn into your into a, a playmaker, right? Mm-hmm. I think his athletic ability at the beginning, though, he's going to have to be a guy that sticks his hand in the ground, and he's going to have to go, and he's just going to have to rush, rush, rush. I don't hate that pick. I'm glad they don't go linebacker. I'm glad they don't go tight end at eight. I, you know, that's one thing we haven't. You got all these mock drafts. You've picked not one of them. You've got a tight end going to the Lions. I just nope. noticed that. That's crazy. I'm so happy. Um, I wouldn't hate that pick personally. That to me, tells me, okay, they think he's the best pass rusher on the board. That means hopefully, in my dream scenario, they went and got Landon Collins and Kareem Jackson, and they just yeah. got the best player available on their board. Is what they just did. I don't hate that pick, but once again, that there's some contingency on my free agency dreams too. Are you excited <laughs> to have a lime tree that has sweat on the back? No, the, see, if you're a true Lions fan, you don't buy the rookie jersey because then you ruin them. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. I mean, like in the future going forward. If he's a Hall of Famer, yeah, then I'll buy it. Like, yeah. like I, you know, I'll support. Stafford played enough seasons where I, I could ruin him at that point. That's why I got his jersey. Maybe right when you got his jersey. Is yeah, that's what he went to. That's what he turned to shit. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so just to name some guys in this yeah. first round. DK Metcalf goes right after us to the Bills at number nine. That doesn't surprise me. Josh Allen, just chuck it deep, see what happens. Yeah, pretty much. The they need receivers too. They need receivers, receivers desperately right now. Uh, Devin Bush linebacker goes to Cincinnati at eleven. The Cincinnati pick all the way. Rashad Gary goes to the Miami Dolphins at thirteen. Wow, he fell to thirteen in that draft, huh? That's see, that's the, once again though, right? It's one of those things to where what? I told you he lost. Yeah, I know. He's not, he I know lost. he was a loser, right? He was, he was a loser. loser. Lost out on that top ten punt and top ten money. That doesn't shock me there. Blind, I think Brian Flores can make him a stud, though. Yeah. Really, I think he could. Um, some big name D linemen. Ed Oliver goes to Falcons. Burns goes really? to Washington. Mm. Clean and Farrell goes to the Panthers. Okay, what do the Packers take? 
Because uh, that's a lot of pass rushers, a lot of yeah. defensive guys so there. So, Peggers picked 12 right before Rashad Gary goes. Yeah. So, they picked Jonah Williams, offensive guard out of Alabama. Really? Yes. That's weird. I, did, I totally expect them to go defense because their defense was totally just mm-hmm. trash last year. Okay, what's their second other their other pick? Because they have a second one. I think it's the Saints pick that for last year. For Marcus, yeah, for Marcus Davenport. I think they have a second. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. they pick 30. Yeah. And they pick... Jalen Ferguson, edge rush out of Louisiana Tech. Okay, that makes more sense. Then. I figured they honestly, they might be able to get away with switching that because I think Bradbury from NC State could play guard too, but yeah. that's just me. But all right, give um, me the line second round. All right, so in the second round, we take, hmm, who do you think? I'm going to go tight end Irv Smith Jr. Nope. Damn. <laughs> I thought you didn't oh, want them to draft a tight end. In the second round, I'm fine. Oh, just the not second the first round. Just the first round. Okay. Pay attention, M. We well, didn't say the first round. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm right. Who are they taking? They pick Amani Urawaii, cornerback. <laughs> the out guy of Penn, Penn State. State? Yes. I, see, yeah. <laughs> I, that's been a common pick, right, for a couple times now where they've yeah. taken him. That's a guy that I think a lot of people have pegged on the Lions for a couple reasons. He's a big guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's got some pretty solid man-to-man coverage skills. But more than anything, the biggest thing that, and I think Lions fans need to understand this. To play a Matt Patricia-style defense, you have to be able to tackle. There's such a premium on tackling. You play a lot of isolation, man-to-man coverage that you have to be able to tackle. Mm -hmm. Greedy Williams can't tackle, folks. It's just not a thing for him. I'm sorry. It's not. So a guy like him, bigger guy, I think that's a a Lions pick, and I think that's somebody that you kind of... You see yeah. that coming in. So I don't hate that pick, but that also probably means he didn't get Kareem Jackson then. So yeah. I wonder what the hell they did in free agency. But <laughs> I can't wait for free agency. You create like full Starts universes. next week, folks. Starts next week. So excited. Can't wait to talk about it. You guys create like full universes around these like mock drafts. Like there's a whole. That's the beauty and the fun of the offseason. It is our Super Bowl as Lions fans. It's what can they do and what they're actually going to do and how it's going to disappoint you in the end. It's great times. All right, give, so, me, give really me the third sad. round. So the third round. Now, <laughs> yeah. this one. If this happens, yeah. scares me. Oh, boy. They pick... Mm-hmm. Right. It Are they going to take okay. a quarterback? No. Okay. Now, <laughs> this is interesting because yeah. I thought he would go earlier, right. but his combine was very good. Okay, so they so let's think. remember, let's uh, just just for once again, clarity. Third round, right? We're in the back half of the draft. It's Philadelphia's third round pick by trading Golden Tate. Yeah. So New England has our third round pick. That resulted in Deshaun Hand. So I'm not bummed out about no. that, but... So just for all the Lions yeah. fans here, before we it's bottom so, half of the third round. I think I'm nervous if this happens because mm-hmm. then it's a hindsight that we didn't get the guy I want. Okay. Deontay Thompson out of Alabama. Really? I would love that. Well, that, that also means a couple things, though. It's, that means what the hell did we do in free agency? Because that means we swung and missed everything. everywhere. Yeah, I know. Whoa. Okay. Unless you're going for like a backup safety, but not in the third round. Not in the third round. So but then I'm looking at – that's – I know. And I looked at that crazy. and I was like – that makes me a little nervous. Right. So there. so what that tells me then is they went and probably got three tight ends. <laughs> you see, Dwayne Allen signed, Tyler Eifert signed, and Jesse James all signed. No, they um, drafted a tight end in the second round. No, they drafted a cornerback. I didn't want I I, I assumed it was going to be a tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drafted a, a corner. Uh, oh, but right. yeah, um, the point being is <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. if they take if they took a safety there, which is crazy because he went in one of the mock drafts we did earlier, he was our first round pick mm-hmm. at 8. Yeah, right? the first one. That is crazy to um, me, right? I think, I really, really think. Now, there's some reports out there that Trey Flowers is going to be in a bidding war between the, us and the Titans. I really hope that doesn't yeah. happen. I'd definitely rather have Landon Collins than I would Trey Flowers. Um, yeah, I would too. But, so I'm really hoping Landon's coming here. He's going to join the rest of his Giants teammates that are actually already on the squad. So I'd love for that to happen. But in this scenario, I don't know what they did in free agency then. I really don't know what they did in free so agency. It's I'm very going confusing. Through this one, actually, this one I'm using. Yeah. I'm not using the one you sent me, just for future notes. I'm, yeah. This is a seven-round one. Oh, okay. So I went through all the rounds. Nothing right. big happened. Yeah. But here's – I don't know if you saw anything or you nope. know this guy. So in the seventh-round pick, pick 225 in the seventh round, we pick Nick Fitzgerald, a quarterback out of Mississippi State. Okay. I, I, you know what? Here's the thing about quarterbacks. I don't. I think that they're gonna wind up taking one. Um, so I actually not. really like Brad Kaya. I'm kind of bummed that they actually got rid of him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I think that the quarterback situation as it sits right now, I, I definitely think they will draft one. I don't necessarily think that it's gonna be our quarterback of the future. You know what I mean? I don't think you have the luxury at six and ten to take one in the second round like New England's notorious for doing. Yeah. So do I think fourth round they take a quarterback? 
probably, mm-hmm. right? Do I think that they they address a need there? Because I do think that is a need, and I do think you need to start having some plans, especially if Stafford doesn't play the way that we all expect him to play, mm-hmm. which is, you know, above what he did last year. So doesn't surprise me, but seventh-round quarterbacks to me are just like, all right, so you're a camp body, and then you get cut. You yeah. I mean, that's kind of my thing. So I'd rather take a guy earlier that I think – well, he could either be a really solid backup, and you will have Connor Cook, too, who's going to possibly, you know, compete for that. I can't believe I just said that out loud, but, you know, he could be he could be something. My yeah. Shots. Yeah, right? I know. All right. All right, so, so that was a three. Okay, that's, you know what, that's not a bad draft, but it really means that I was bummed out for the whole month of March until the, <laughs> until the draft came. All right, let's shift now from football talk for all you basketball fans. We're now on the L.A. Lakers. LeBron James. Love that. The dumpster fire of a time. Mike, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the seat, hey, they're not out yet. <laughs> they're not out, man. Not Six and a half games out. You know the Cavs are mathematically eliminated yet in the East, right? I know. It's unfortunate. <laughs> All right. So, Should have been out already. if you don't know, right, it's been a complete epic season failure for the LA Lakers, right? You fail to get Anthony Davis. It's just been, you know, LeBron's injury, Lonzo's injury. I'm not, we're not going to get in the debate of who's the greatest right now in the whole Michael Jordan thing. That's a topic for a whole episode we could spend four hours on. Okay. And we will do it at one point. Um, but Mike, I'm going to ask you, you're the LeBron fan, right? You've been following the team. Talk to me, man. What what the heck is going on? Do you even care anymore? Are you worried? And more importantly, I don't really care about what's happening right this minute because we can all kind of see he's checked out. I think we can all agree yeah. that he's checked out for this year. I don't think he's healthy, number two. Mm-hmm. I think he's just kind of just doing it and his natural ability. But what I am concerned about for the Lakers, if you're a Laker fan, does this impact free agency next year? Does this impact at all being able to sign a true Number like another guy, a Kawhi, a Clay, a KD, a Kyrie, a whoever, right? Yeah. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Does this impact that? Because I think it well, does. It well, absolutely does. I've always, for basketball purposes, I've always been in the camp of you can't do it alone. And you say, well, basketball is a superstar sport. Like mm-hmm. if you have one guy, you can, you can't. Unfortunately, right. it's just impossible for right. one guy. Even LeBron had Even Kyrie LeBron. or Dwayne yeah. or Bosh, right? Jordan year, had Pippen. We, yeah. we get it. Right. Last year was an exception year, but he also didn't win it. He got swept in the finals. Right. So you can make it there. You cannot win the championship as a solo artist. Correct. Unfortunately, like, it's Correct. just how it is. Absolutely. In any sport, anywhere, you cannot win it by yourself. Yep. So, I think we're all in agreement Unless there. it's track. Unless you're in track. <laughs> but that's, Unless it's track. <laughs> Look at him bringing in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Guess can't wait to can't wait to not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So you can't do it by yourself. Unfortunately, with LeBron's situation, is you would think that he had like, oh, well, last year's team was worse. Yeah. So this year's team, you know, you got Kuzma, you got Ingram, and you're also playing in the West. Yeah. Where thirty, wait, right now their record right now they'd be the eighth seed in the East. In the East, correct, correct. Right. With his injury, now, with everyone's I, injuries and everything. I can't wait for us to do a LeBron topic because there's so many things, right? Like, there he are. chose to go to the West and this and that. Well, he did, yes, else. he yeah. obviously did choose. Right. I think when he went there, I mean, you can look at it, you could probably go, he probably thought his team would be better. Right. The I, in, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you can add the injury bug wasn't great. You know, so you I feel have, like LeBron does a lot of thinking he probably shouldn't do sometimes. I think, no, and I, <laughs> but here's, here's the thing that I think people kind of aren't realizing, too. I, they haven't they haven't had all five starters healthy at the same time True. in quite a while, right? When he got hurt, they were the number four seed in the, in the conference, right? Yes. But the thing that I'm I'm scared for if I'm a Laker fan, LeBron's going to get Luke Walton fired. Okay, yes. I know you're not a big Luke Walton guy. No. However, I don't I'm not necessarily an anti Luke Walton guy. And here's why. Okay, I agree with you. He does make some some coaching errors, right? Leaving Rondo out there for 19 minutes at a time when he's 55 years old, not the best yes. thought, right? But if the rumors are true that LeBron is trying to get Ty Lue oh, to no, coach the awful. LA Lakers, I don't like that at all. You're, you're screwed. Yes. You don't do anything in three more years in LA because no. he can't coach. No. We've all proven he can't coach. Yeah. LeBron coached that team. Yeah, here, the problem, yeah, the problem with that whole scenario is you're getting rid of a guy who can't really coach, in my opinion, but you're going to bring in someone that can't coach either. Right. It's that, like, that, you just, it's, you just, it's bad for the worst. I think the opinion. only thing that Ty, Tyron Lue does bring. Is he'll just sit there and let LeBron do what he wants. He might as well give him a clipboard. He, he, he might as well. Right, you know like, what I mean? Like, it's unfortunate to say it like that, but yeah. like, I think the problem is LeBron's like, I want to do it this way. Luke mm-hmm. Walton is actually like, no, I want to do it this way. Right, and it's and not I working. Think, and it's not working like that because LeBron's never... Cause, you here's know, the thing. The problem is 
you have guys like Jordan who had Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. so he was always like, yeah, like what's the best idea? LeBron has never had that coach. Really? Do you think though that it's a, do you think it's so hard to coach LeBron though? Too? It probably is. I think LeBron's a little bit of a coach killer. Just yeah. a little bit. I don't want to use I don't want to use like Stephen A. Smith's words or anything because he's an idiot. But yeah. point being, he does not have a good. He got no. Blatt fired. He got you know he, he didn't have the best relationship with Mike Brown. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's probably gonna get Walton fired. Ty Lue got fired right after he left. That's not good. You no, know what I, I mean? Think, I think his I think his biggest problem as a star yeah. is. He, like he just can't listen to management, right? And I guess and I think that's his think, biggest problem. And I, I think. think LeBron at this age needs to start, yeah. and I think he really does because, like, I'm be honest, if he went to the Spurs, Spurs would be top three. Yes, with that team, right? With if even with the trade to Kawhi and yeah. Rose and everything like that, Gasol wouldn't have got bought out. Aldridge would be running doing backflips, right? And you'd be a competing team right now. You would absolutely. Be. You know what I mean? Honestly, if he went almost. To almost anywhere else, in right. my opinion. Can you imagine if you went to the Nuggets? The Nuggets yeah. would be star-studded yeah. right now. They It'd would be craziness. Be. There's so many teams yeah. that like they'd just be so much better. Right. And, I, I just, and business decision-wise, I get why you go to the Lakers, right? It's the Lakers. Yeah. You know, it's the, I also it's the don't think, behind it. and LeBron said it, I don't think, and I think this could be a problem that you could put against him later, mm-hmm. yeah. is he doesn't really care about winning now. He's That's more like, he's probably mm-hmm. in L.A. right now. Mm-hmm. He's making, you know, songs yeah. and he's it's impo- out every yeah. day and yeah. he was hurt and then he had to take time for load management issues he yeah. just i i think he's kind of nearing the you're, end now. you're a different lebron fan and that's why i love you so much is because i think you can understand the argument for fans that are that prefer jordan right yes. compared to lebron because you understand some of the arguments i will say this i'm i don't like michael jordan either i'm a piston fan he played for the bulls i have no reason to like michael jordan yes. i have no reason to like lebron james either are you a pistons fan though I am a Pistons. We're going to the game, for goodness sakes. Come on. But point being that LeBron James, and this is this is kind of like, you know, one of the last things I want to say about this before we move on to the last topic here. But LeBron James, if if this does not turn around in the next in the next year or so, if they can't get somebody, he's gonna be hurting. If if they do and it's still this bad where he can't understand he's gonna have to adapt his game. Yeah. He's not the same anymore. I, that's mm-hmm. the only way I can say it. Yes, he's 34 years old. And yes, I understand Jordan won a title at 34. I get it. But point being, it's different. It LeBron's is. played two more seasons just in playoff basketball. You yeah. know what I mean? Than almost everybody in the league. So he's got to learn to change his game up. Yeah. I think he should basically completely go to power forward and just uh, go, here, give me the ball. And work the, paint, and work the paint. That's all he should do. Because no one can stop him. Yes. Nobody can stop him straight up. Mm-hmm. That fadeaway jumper, you're not defending. Yes. So he needs to change the way he plays, and I think he needs to allow the coach, whoever it is, to coach. And and Magic Johnson should deserve some fault for this too because Magic Johnson, your responsibility is to get LeBron and another star to L.A. to win another championship. They failed at that so yeah. far. Also, I don't know if I don't know how you would feel if you're on a team yeah. and basically you're like, hey, you're gonna get traded. Yeah. And then it doesn't right. go through. And now you're LeBron. You're like, hey, my bad. That's a That's, thing too, right? It's, and it's now being, I can't. It's not. I, being and I think other people that like hate, hate LeBron just go, yeah, LeBron tried to get him out. I can, you can't say it's like LeBron's still a player at the end of the day. Yeah. So you can't just be like LeBron tried to get him out. I don't think LeBron probably much, had a hand in it. Yeah. But it was also like yeah. Magic trying to get that second guy in. Right. He would have been better off. I feel like just saying, you know what? I'm a player. I'm just here to play. I have. I don't have any say. In personnel exactly. decisions, even if even if that's not true, yeah. then then he can say it on record instead of saying, "Yeah, of course I'm trying to get guys here." I'm like, "What are you doing? Like yes. you're just you're killing me." Em, any thoughts on the LeBron disaster? Because obviously we have a lot of talk on it. Me and Mike talk about it pretty much every day. So, uh, what what are your thoughts on him? Just basically, you know, like almost taking the year off. I feel like in a lot of ways, just kind of chilling, rocking the new jersey. He's being a little bit of a bubba. He's being a little bit. Bu- yeah, that's... being a little bit of a bubba. We're gonna have a whole T-shirt line of Emily saying something. Bad I mean, like, <laughs> I like you asked me to be on a sports podcast with yeah. you, and I didn't really like sports until I started dating this one. So you're gonna yeah. have some odd Emilyisms that right. happen because I don't have a good way to describe it other here. than that's why you're here. He's being a little bit of a bubba. Yeah, he's gonna need to be like, I'm gonna be a big boy now, and I'm not gonna argue with everyone all the time. Wow, this yeah. is I'm gonna be I nice. Mean, yeah, no, clear, yeah, yeah. You're, you're very momming him right now. Basketball no, players got mega egos though. Like, have you ever mom- watched the basketball game? Every time I anything happens, like four. these guys <laughs> yeah, are yeah. like falling over, getting up. Every time anything happens, they're like okay. in the ref's and face. Have you ever watched a soccer game though? 
I'm not saying soccer. They get too much. We'll bring out the soccer guys. Okay. okay. I like hockey. They're gonna, they're gonna punch each other in the shin. Okay. Okay. They'll throw fairies. Everybody is. If 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 you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to touch Rob, and he'll be out for six weeks. That's true. Okay. It's just because I'm old. All right, let's not not make fun of soccer. I I agree with you. I think that, like I said, he does have to change the way he plays, I think, and I think he's got to embrace the process and take that 76ers model, embrace the process, but don't take six years to turn around and be losers. Okay, can we go to the next topic because I don't like this anyway. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty after they miss the playoffs. But anyway, that's where we go. He's a 34-year-old man now. Exactly. 34-year-old men need their moms. (laughs) I know. I know. It is what it is. All right. Last topic of the day. We're talking wrestling. Dave Batista came back last week on Monday Night Raw, or two weeks ago now. We obviously didn't touch on it because Roman Reigns came back at the beginning of the show. That's way more important. That was way more important, right? But... This, at the same time, though, is pretty big, I think, for the WWE. As you may or may not know, if you're a fan, Batista came back a few years ago to a rousing set of boos as he won the Royal Rumble, and everybody hated him for that entire run. He's now back. He's a heel. He attacked Ric Flair at his birthday celebration thing. He's feuding with Triple H. It's a little bit of a fresh spin on it um, from their previous feud. Mike, I'm going to start with you. Are you happy he's back, and what do you think... Of this feud with Triple H going into Mania, because I, I think am, this match is going to suck. I uh, know, I'm not happy he's back. Oh, jeez. Okay, I guess we can preference it by saying uh, we haven't seen him wrestle yet, mm-hmm. but I doubt that he can It's not going to be any better than it was last time. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not excited that he's back. I mean, yeah. he's a good heel. He mm-hmm. can talk a little, He can talk on the mic, obviously. Yeah. And they can they can hype the match up for all they want it to be, but realistically, it's going to be Triple H versus Batista one on one. And Triple H goes over for what? And Triple H goes over. Yeah, like you can almost predict it, and yeah. it's like, who really wants to see that? I guess you can add it in there. Um, um, what's your? Are you happy to see Batista back? Do you care? What do you think of this feud with Triple H? Because I have some thoughts that I kind that I kind of want to really hammer home. So just give me your thoughts on what on what you're thinking. Because Randy have, Orton vibes. He gives me Randy just, Orton just vibes. Just Randy Orton vibes. Yeah, so you bo- know what I boring? Mean? Yeah, like boring, kind of anticlimactic. Not really my thing. Like, yeah. I, my, gosh, I'm, some of these guys, it cracks me up, though, because when you first got into wrestling, when you were little, these are some of the guys, I mean, like, you were talking about. Yeah, some well, of these but guys have, is, let's, let's not discredit what he's done, right? So no, he was, he was. Multi-time he was, world champion. Great back Royal back. Rumble winner. Starred in Guardians Yeah, he's got his Drax in the Guardians of the I think Galaxy. I like him better. He's a better actor than he is wrestler right now. I think I like him better as Drax than I like him as Batista in the WWE. Right. No offense. If they brought Drax Drax onto the WWE, that would be cool. (laughs) Can we also bring Star-Lord out there then? Yeah, right. Do the whole thing. Yeah, no, I'm with you for sure. The whole Guardians of the Galaxy team? All right, so here's here's my only thing here. And, and, you know, I don't ever like closing the show on a negative note. But this... this I'll make it a positive. There you go. There you go. See, that's what Mike does on the show. I'll make it a positive. Here's my problem. Your tri- Triple H, the entire show, is a bad guy with this Becky Lynch deal, right? They're, you know, you need to apologize. They're doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin shtick, okay? All for it. But then you've got him coming out, and now he's a good guy. Defending Ric Flair, he's a 70-year-old man. <sighs> In one of the Triple H promos that we've heard over and over and over again. And I'm a Triple H fan, okay? I like Triple H, okay? I'm not I'm not nearly as against him as most online wrestling fans are. But, to say the same thing, nobody wants to see this match. Nobody cares about this match. Because at the end of the day, we know what's going to happen. And so you've got Triple H playing both sides of the fence now. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? You can't do both. Now, this reeks of Batista coming back and saying, I want to work with Triple H. I want to be here, and that's what's going to happen. Right? And that's the only way they got him. I get it. And for WrestleMania, will it be cool to see Dave again? Yes. I, do I think he's actually doing some nice promo work, honestly? And I like the whole, like, mm-hmm. do you hear me now thing. It's been really drawn out. So I like that. But the end result at Mania is going to be a really rough go. It's going to be worse than Seth and Triple H, where Seth's walking on one leg the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really bad. All right, Mike, finish this off on a happy note. Hey, guys. Here's my happy note for today. Seth Rollins is going to win the Universal title at WrestleMania. Lesnar will never hold it again, and we're all happy. High five. High five? Let's do it. High five. That's awesome. I'll give you one second. <laughs> That's, That's a good call. I am so excited for WrestleMania. Obviously, we'll be talking that in depth. 
Guys, we have so many things to cover in the in the coming weeks. We've got March Madness. We've got WrestleMania. We've got free agency. We've got the draft. We have so many things coming up here. I'm so excited to be with you guys for each and every one of those main topics. As always, I am the Mouth of Michigan for the Merc Zone, right here. for the Brain. Once again, this is episode 15 of the I'm Always Right Sport Coca- Sports Podcast. I'll really? say that right. Yeah. I don't even know what the title is of the show anymore. We will see you guys, as always, next time.